Hi, everybody, and welcome to Hub CP Live Lounge podcast. Now, we've got an extra special treat today, and I know I say that all the time, but we've got celebrity chef Melissa Hemsley. Now, Melissa has had her own cooking TV shows. She's a regular columnist in The Telegraph and Vogue. And today she's going to be sharing her top tips for how you can eat good and feel good, which in these turbulent times that we uh, that we find ourselves in is really on point. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. I am very excited to be talking very shortly to Melissa Hemsley. Now, the subject of today is all about eating well so that you can feel good. And if you feel good, then you're creating the platform in, in life to thrive. So we just thought that with everything that's going on at the moment, and maybe now more than ever, has what you put into your body been so important to keep feeling good and, and, and keep everything about you feeling good, mental, physical state, emotional state. So today is, is a cracker of a subject. And having Melissa Hemsley, celebrity chef Melissa Hemsley, is just an absolute treat. So without any further ado, I am delighted to bring in Melissa Hemsley. Say hey, Melissa. Hello, everyone. How are you? Now, Melissa, I've got a little secret to tell you. I'm just sorry. I'm just the, the sun suddenly as you came on screen, John, the sun just flooded in. Uh, so nah. I just tried to get out of it. What, what have you got to tell me? Hello, everyone, by the way. Thank you so much for being here. Now, this is this is a proper. I don't want Gordon or Jamie or Heston, anybody hearing this, but you are my favorite celebrity <laughs> show. Okay, so <laughs> you heard it here first, but I don't want this getting out to them. All right, I don't upset anybody. Oh, it's not in my style, that's not how I operate. Melissa, how are you? I'm doing okay, actually. Yeah, I'm feeling very pleased um, to be here. I really, really love chatting to you. It, it's it's great it's a little reminder i mean i'm just here on my todd as well you know i'm feeling i definitely have been feeling the loneliness over the last six months which is strange because actually i often crave i often feel like i never get enough time to myself i don't know if um anyone can relate to that and then all of a sudden here it is and i'm just yeah i'm just really vibing i love virtual events you've obviously got steve the events extraordinaire um making you know keeping you guys all together and and keeping your community so i've never i feel like i have so many uh i, I have helped i have found or had landed in my lap so many silver linings to this last six months and lots of them include community find making new friends connecting with old ones finding new hobbies working out what is important to me um, and then, of course, not to um, also not honour the massive amounts of grief and stress and sadness and trauma and tragedy that's been also going on. But I'm today I'm feeling quite good, I think. <laughs> and awesome. you? You're right. I'm really good. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things whereby I think how I feel now and now that things are starting to become maybe clearer and that there is, you know, that there is hopefully some good times ahead, you know, feeling Feeling a lot better but I think the reason why I was really looking forward to this today is I'm sure like many people I'm sure like many people out there I don't think keeping fit has ever been so important to me so I'm you know running more than I ever have done and also spending so much time eating cooking in the kitchen um, I'm sure that's you know due to the fact that having a baby I want to make sure the troops are, are well fed that's a big part of it but just eating eat, eating good has been a massive part of me um, in terms of my routine and 
and everything. So I guess, Melissa, you know, you are a Vogue columnist, you are a Telegraph columnist. We've thrown these, you know, these books already, a best-selling cookbook. I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass you. Um, you know, just, it's amazing how you have managed to build up such an amazing brand and you call yourself a food, a food activist, right? And we'll come to that um, in, in a while. But my first question is getting back to the subject, eating well, feeling good. What does that mean to you, feeling good? What is, what is the kind of the, the, the depth to, to, to the, the, that definition? What is it about? What is it about? Good question. Well, I feel when I first started um, cooking professionally about 12 years ago, before that, I worked in uh, events for a small restaurant. At the time, they're a very small restaurant group. Now they're big. They are riding the storm. Thank, thank goodness. Um, and before that, I was um, working for uh, an ethical shoe brand. And before that, I wasn't doing my A-levels and wanted to be a doctor. So I've had this really bizarre early start to my very early career. I didn't go to university. I had a whole plan to be a doctor. I really wanted to help people since I was eight years old. Wow. So then, and the funny thing is, and I think we talked about this before, I basically, looking back now, because I went on a very big um, group therapy grief course. I haven't told you much about John last year, uh, primarily for grief for the death of my father five years previously but yeah. as we all know the way we act as adults it all goes back to our childhood so it's all about following those breadcrumbs back and yeah. I realize now that I had a major confidence crisis when I was about 17 so you know do you remember like back at your smack bang in the middle of AS levels you know I really feel for kids right now trying to you know being told by us growing up how important their exams are and then it all gets taken away from them anyway my point is, I never thought that food was an option for me because I perhaps thought that it was the Marco Piawai, you know, I'm 35, so anyone that's my age or around then, what we saw on TV that was food related, it was perhaps a bit of Delia, you know, um, RIP, amazing Gary Rhodes, but it was very shouty and male dominated and stressful and it looked like, it didn't look like much fun being a chef. So I didn't know that was an option. Um, and I guess I always have liked being around people and I've always been interested in how the body works and then I had that confidence crisis and then I started working in ethical fashion and I really started caring about the planet and understanding small suppliers and why it was so important to know where things come from and that led me to food and I fell into cooking for as you know bands like Take That and James Corden and actors and so on and long story short to your point what does feel good mean if I ever would be at the pub after you know, my cooking shift, or if I was ever meeting a new client and they'd be like, I want what that celebrity had. Um, they'd be like, whatever it is, I'll pay for it. And then I'd be like, okay. So, and I made sure I never use the word healthy because every time I use the word healthy, people would switch off. Also on a very personal level to a lot of people, the word healthy very much brought up all sorts of feelings around eating that they had had as a child, as a grown up, all sorts of eating is an incredibly emotional, complicated thing. We think it's so simple, it's just fuel, it's all of these things, but probably lots of us have all sorts of feelings around it. So I stopped using the word healthy and decided to use the word feel good because even saying the words feel good, like saying them makes me feel happy. It's just a positive phrase. Um, and it really, I feel checked into how everyone felt because we all want to feel good in different ways. Someone like me, who's quite high energy, sometimes feeling good means grounding and relaxing and nourishing and slowing down. But feeling yeah. good, it can mean all those things, right? The way you nourish, the way you flourish, it impacts 
you touched on it so beautifully at the beginning, our moods, our outlook, outlook, our productivity, you know, who's going to care about the environment if we don't look after ourselves? Who cares about the environment if you don't find time to go out for a walk and be in nature? Who cares about, you know, the 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 food banks or the community centre at the end of your road unless you're looking at it because you're running to the tube every day and you don't stop to look because it's not important. So it's yeah. just about, again, the word mindful, I feel, can sometimes be stuck in the word with the word healthy and that it brings up all sorts of feelings, but it is it is about being mindful. And being mindful, I'm just going to take my hoops out because I feel it's um, whacking onto my earpods. <laughs> so I don't want you to be getting unnecessary. There you go. That's the beauty of live TV. <laughs> I'm, stripping, I'm stripping off, starting with the hoops. Now listen, we've got to, we've just got to very, very briefly backtrack to something you just said. You mentioned my second oh, yeah. favourite artist there, so Kylie Minogue number one, but take that a close second. You cook for really? take that. That was, that was basically that was that was on tour, right? Cooking for cooking for the cooking yeah. For the if you're a take that fan, you'll probably know which tour that was more than I would. It was ten years ago, so I feel like it was their first major formation. Um, and long story short. My sister and I, um, I was actually on a sort of sabbatical from my events job and I was planning on doing open university courses. I'd always, always been very, very um, regretful that I hadn't made it to uni. So this, I was at age sort of 23, 24, and I'd been thinking I'll try out a few open universities and evening courses in that time. And I got sucked into cooking. And I remember the feeling of the first day at the end of my job, I walked down Kensington High Street, because you know, they lived in Kensington. I was going heading back to my, my flat share and I just was bouncing. Cause I was like, this feels really good. I, I found something I'm good at. I'm not the best chef. I often cook with great chefs. We do big charity fundraisers and I'm always get that little imposter syndrome. And then I just think, who cares? Who, who, what's, what's, and, and I love addressing the concept of success or the best. Like, it's funny, isn't this? This feeling that we always have to be the best. And here's even me going, I'm not the best chef, just so you all know, but I'm always curious to um, analyze my feelings around success and being the best chef or not. Because at the end of the day, what's the best feeling in the world when it comes to food? Putting a plate of food out, down on the table that you've enjoyed cooking, doesn't have to take ages. You've enjoyed cooking it because you've put your energy into it. The person feels comforted and they feel well-fed and it is a little cycle. And you've also trailing it because we always follow the trail. Did I buy it from somebody who grew it with care? Did that person get a fair wage? What impact did it have on the planet? It's all connected. So that I think is, is my feeling of feel good. Very long answer. <laughs> <laughs> so you, a big part of what we're going to be able to achieve today is giving people some ideas of, of some tips and, and techniques so that they can leave here feeling that they've got some ideas of things they might want to try or things they might want to do differently or things they might want to change. So what are your thoughts? What are some of the absolute gems, nuggets of insight that you could give for ways that people could, or suggestions that people could really enjoy their food better and most importantly, get that really feel good factor. Right, okay. I'm gonna headline about five things and then you can help remind me, John, to make sure I don't miss any of them. So okay. I'm gonna talk a little bit, yeah, I'm gonna talk a little bit about the freezer. Very, very cool, the very, the most important appliance in your kitchen. I don't mind what gadgets you've all got. You've probably all got some really nice kitchen gadgets. The freezer, I think, is the most important. So we'll talk a little bit about the freezer and batch cooking. The ba batch cooking can involve the freezer and it can, it might not. You might have a very small freezer. Or it might be full of other stuff. Um, 
So we'll talk about freezers and batch cooking. Let's talk about building block meals. And by that, I mean, uh, that again can tie into batch building block meals. Really good yep. if you live in a household where people have different dietary needs. Maybe you live in a flat share, people are coming and going, maybe someone's veggie, maybe someone's pesky, pescatarian, not just pesky, um, and so on. So building block meals. Um, and tying to that, we can talk about laptop-free lunches. Uh, you know, if laptop-free lunches, oh, we like that one. Um, I'm conscious some of you might be. Thank you for all taking an hour out of your very busy day. Some of you might be munching on your your lunch now. So we'll talk about laptop-free lunches because, on a personal level, I feel that um, as somebody that can get, feel quite anxious a lot of the time, I feel that it's really important. I feel uh, to take away any unnecessary stress and sometimes when I'm excited my body thinks I'm stressed even when I'm not stressed I'm excited but my body's like ah so I try not to be near an email however good or bad that email might be so laptop free lunches let's talk about um things um uh, what I call chef's cheats and I don't mean I don't like the word cheat I need to think of a better word for that but you know what I mean like big flavor boosters so if you're a less than confident cook or you need inspiration or you feel like oh god i've got leftovers and i don't want leftovers i don't feel excited about my leftovers let's talk about chef's cheats that's probably enough for now isn't it yeah, yeah? Okay. Can I, I'll, I'll start okay all right so i would say you know what um the best thing i could probably suggest you do is invest a little bit of time in yourself through food and the freezer is the way forward because the freezer of course is a time machine um i think a lot of us have fallen maybe out of love with freezers i remember when i first started cooking for the bands i was like right the first thing i did was i was like opening up trying to find where their freezers are and going let's make space so you know the freezers you know you can you can curate your freezer in a way, like my wardrobe's a mess, but my freezer's in good shape. And in my freezer, I do things like this. John and I were just chatting lots about mental health just now. You know, I have like a half a drawer, I have a section, I know where all my comfort foods are. So when I'm feeling low, I, when I know that I've got a really busy, busy week, when maybe uh, someone I know isn't well and I want to look after myself so I can look after them better, or if I want to have food ready to give to someone if they've had a baby or if, if, if someone's just not okay, I have a comfort food drawer. And then for me, we probably share lots of similar comfort food meals, but you know, I've got my fish pies and I do my fish pies with cauliflower mash or parsnip mash. Yeah, I've got lasagnas where I've snuck la layers of squash and courgettes in. I've got cookies. I've got um, all sorts of delicious things, maybe a bit of homemade bread, maybe some muffins, banana muffins. There's my comfort food area. Now, building up a good freezer doesn't happen overnight, but it's just about every time you cook, could you make a second batch? You know, so if you're if the oven's open already right now, or if you've just gone and bought some nice herbs, or maybe you've been growing herbs. I know loads of people have been getting into windowsill yeah. herbs, yeah, or maybe growing now. How great for our mental health, how great to have something to tend to, how great for when something's going well, when things aren't going well. Oh, look, a courgette, excellent. Um, so <laughs> it's about just making a bit extra as you go. And if you live on a street where you know your neighbor, maybe a great chance to get to know your neighbor or you've got a colleague nearby, maybe you're back in the office. Swapping food is such a great thing to do. So maybe someone's on baking this week, they can give you a half your, their banana bread or bake one extra. Maybe you can give them a lasagna. You know, for me, the most important thing in my house is, as I say, the freezer, but also my Tupperware drawer, because that is like, I see that as complete, like they're bars of gold, you know, they're investments to my future self. 
And if the idea, if you're watching this and going, but I don't even really like cooking, let alone batch cooking. Um, well, I understand that. And what I would say then is maybe tie it in with something you really want to do. Another another thing on your to-do list, because I know all about a big to-do list, you know, like if you've got a podcast that you series that you really wanted to learn more about, or if you wanted to uh, listen to a book, I mean, some people have been, I feel over lockdown going, I've read 10 books and learned a new language. I haven't, but <laughs> what I am doing is, I, when I do what I call a Sunday cook-off, because I do it on a Sunday, I just do a couple of hours on a Sunday. It's like my day. You could do it any time of the week. I put on a the podcast I want to listen to. Um, uh, for example, if anyone here cares a, a lot, loves to talk about regen regenerative agriculture or soil health, there's an award-winning podcast called Farmerama. It's, it's stories from all over the world. Maybe there's a business podcast. I love Mary Portis's podcast. Maybe there's a mental health podcast on. I put it on and I get cooking. And in that, I batch cook and I do my building block meals. So my building block what? meals, yes, might go something like this. I maybe cook up a grain. So a quinoa, a buckwheat, a maftul, a frika, a rice, um, something like that, a, a, a big pan of lentils. And I say that I will use that as a building block for my lunches this week. So maybe then while that's cooking up, you know, once you put the water on, lid on, that's cooking, two minutes of effort. I then put the oven on and I roast up as many trays as I own in my oven. So I can get like four trays in my oven and I roast up lots of vegetables. I also roast up tons of garlic, uh, tons of garlic because garlic smashed into butter put in the freezer, excellent. Who who doesn't want garlic, garlic bread every now and then? Or, you know, you smash that into like roast tomatoes, make beautiful things. You've got that garlic smashed butter ready to go at any time to add pizzazz. Because sometimes when you get home or you need to cook, you think, oh my gosh, if I have to chop another onion, who feels like almost the first step of a recipe is enough to put them off, right? And this Absolutely. way, the building, yeah. Am I going yeah. on too much, John? Shall I keep no, going? No, no. I was just thinking when it comes to like, like just starting to peel the carrots and everything you know you just sometimes just again oh do you know what I think I've just grabbed that already made soup or something not yeah I make. you're right even yeah. that can yeah so on that note for example you know we don't we can't get organic everything it, it's just often not feasible and um but I will say that one thing that I I do is I I seek out organic veg so something like carrot right uh, with my organic carrots, I don't bother peeling them. Quite often, back in the day, we were told to peel our vegetables all the time. It looked prettier, but I just give them a good scrub. So again, on a Sunday cook-off, what I might do is I might, when my veg arrives, I personally get a veg box. I find it easier. I find it really great because quite often the, the veg box people that I've got, they really cut back on their plastic. They're very seasonal. You know that you're getting what's available as opposed to putting greater demand on the farmer to produce what you want because the recipe you're reading from the guardian or the telegraph it's not the guardian the telegraph i'm a columnist for the telegraph the telegraph says you know make make do be flexible that's what the book one of the books that you held up it's all about swapping things in or out so with my cook-off i might scrub my veg as soon as it arrives then i don't have to think about it two seconds or you know salad spin everything clean my greens, put my herbs in a little jar with some water, put it in the fridge, it will help them last longer. I do all that because one, like I, I like opening my fridge and understanding what's going on. And uh, a quick tip here, um, sorry, I feel like I'm giving a lot of information, but you can tell I do like to talk about freezers and fridges. The one thing, the two main things are, 
And the three main things are make use of your freezer. If it's full, go through it this weekend, challenge yourself to go through it, defrost everything, eat what's there and then start again. Um, in, when it comes to your fridge, uh, have a shelf that says, uh, you know, put a little note that says, eat me first, or, you know, look here first. Great if you have other people in your household that don't pay attention to your notes. I'm a family, I come from a family where we like to leave notes for each other, but eat me first will just remind everybody that things here need to be eaten first, right? So people don't go to the back of the fridge and start pulling stuff out, great for cupboards too. My third thing would be uh, have a, um, a, a building block meal. So roast your sweet potatoes or potatoes once a week, cook up some quinoa rice, they will then uh, maybe have one dressing or buy a great dressing or a, a harissa paste. That then means that for five lunches a week, you can mix and match things. Add a little bit, bit of smoked mackerel, add some cottage cheese, add some avocado one day, add roasted chickpeas another day. You can mix and match almost like it's a deli, you know, by doing a little bit now. And that will keep you having a variety of foods. You'll save loads of money by not having to go out and getting your lunches and you know what you're getting in and you can get more veg in. And that's the main thing I would say, yeah. just the no, taste. I've got a message in the in the right here, which starts flashing up when loads of questions start coming through. And oh, I'll, thank you. Great. I always hog it a little bit too much. So I'm going to pass over to Steve now, who has actually got a question of his own, because this is a, a subject that he's madly passionate about. So Steve, over to you, sir. Um, yeah. Hey, guys. Yeah, we are getting some great questions in, but uh, I'm going to just hog the show for a second because <laughs> I'm quite passionate about not wasting food. And I know that uh, at the end of the weekend, I get gutted if I, the next shopping delivery is arrived and I'm starting to throw stuff out of the fridge. And I also see in workspaces, lots of food being uh, wasted there. So I just wondered if there is a, if there is like a, a top way that we can reuse our food, and maybe, you know, in the house, but maybe ethically, I don't know, if there's any organizations, that kind of thing we can work with. Yeah. Good, good one, Steve. I think straight off, because I've had my lunch already today and I'm craving something sweet, I wish I had taken my own advice and made a fruit bowl bake, a fruit bowl bake. Uh, and, and, and I know this is a big thing in offices, especially if you've got an office where they buy you some fruit and everyone shares fruit. This is a really great one and was very popular over lockdown. Do you remember when we all ran out of flour? <laughs> Uh, this, this is like a banana bread, but I think even better. So it involves banana bread and then you grate an apple into it or a pear or you can whiz it all together if you've got a food processor and you blitz up oats in your food processor. It takes two seconds and it blitzes the oats into oat flour. And then you can put some lemon zest in there. Anything that's in your fruit bowl can go in. Some blackberries if you've been foraging. That is amazing because you can chop that up into chunks, freeze a bit and you've got a little snack. So that's my fruit bowl bakes. So takes care of the fruit, let's say. Um, I love to make, Steve, a frittata. I often on a Friday will make a fridge raid frittata or a fritter. Fritters are fantastic. You can also, if you're vegan, use chickpea flour, also known as gram flour, and you don't have to have an egg. And it's great because we're coming into the autumn winter season, right? Parsnips, turnips, parsnips, turnips, um, kohlrabi, all the squash and pumpkin, potatoes coming out of our ears. You're going to end up probably, especially if like me, you like a veg box, you're going to get end up with loads of veg and you're going to get a bit bored of it after a while. It's natural. Of course, we get bored of it. That's why we get excited when it's April and asparagus comes and tomatoes come in June. So great things up. Add your spices. I forgot to mention my favorite flavor boosters. I'll say them quickly, John. These are the five things I'd say I keep nearby to add pizzazz to absolutely everything and stop me getting bored of anything. Tahini, 
which is sesame seed paste. You'll know it from hummus, but tahini's beautiful in cookies. I've got a really great cookie recipe. I think you've yeah. tried it. It's yeah. tahini, nut butter, and chocolate chip. It's flour free. You can make it vegan with bananas instead of avocado. So tahini, buy yourself some tahini. All of these things that I'm gonna mention are less than five quid each. Some of them are about two quid. Tahini, five spice powder, uh, which is often fennel, Szechuan, uh, ginger, cinnamon, cloves. Ugh. And that is beautiful in like a pear crumble, but also ribs, a slow braised ribs or duck or chicken or fish. Uh, what else did I mention? Harissa paste, um, a curry powder, a really good curry powder. Um, I love Sri Lankan curry powder, for example, uh, um, but you'll find your own and, and see what you like. And five, what's my fifth thing? Miso, a fermented product. So look for properly fermented miso, beautiful in noodle soups, slather it over aubergine and grill it, um, add it to gravies. Oh, do you know what? For anyone that doesn't like Brussels sprouts, Roast Brussels sprouts with miso and sesame seeds, and then give me a call. Well, 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 say that again. This is this is this is this is. It's a bit it's a bit early to talk about Brussels sprouts. Roast your Brussels sprout, and then actually, what you could do is you could do it. Get a little jar, mix some miso, a little bit of sweetness, like a bit of honey, let's say, and some sesame seeds, and then baste your sprouts after about twenty minutes, and give it a final sort of five minutes in the oven, and they go sticky and ridiculously delicious. And you can do that with anything. So for people like me, Brussels sprouts, a bit of a no-no, but really want really? to do that. But what you're yeah. saying, do you know how long it tastes like a Brussels sprout? No, it goes sweet. Because oh. I think another thing is roasting, Any all veg, I think all veg tastes really good roasted. So especially the brassicas. And by brassicas, I would say anything that you springs to mind if I say a farty type vegetable, if you don't mind me just saying that. <laughs> I, know this is, I know this is a classy community here, but the, your kales, your cauliflowers, your broccoli, your sprouts. All of them are so good um, roasted. And back to Steve's question about food waste, if I can just talk about the brassicas for a second, things like broccoli stems, great. If you wanna um, chop them up and roast broccoli and its stems, cauliflower leaves, which are like, almost like the hands cupping the cauliflower. They're so good roasted, also great in cauliflower leaves. Um, so what I do is this, when you receive your veg shop, whether it's online or you're popping to your farmer's market, I know we don't all have time or the funds to do that. Wherever you're getting your veg from, just take a second to go, right, if I'm honest with myself, what will end up in the bin at the end of the week? Or at the end of the week, go in the bin, have a little look. I know it, I don't want us to beat ourselves up feeling guilty, but have allow yourself to feel something for 10 seconds going, oh, I could have done, yeah, I could have done that, I could have done that. Then the next time, try and do a little bit better and go, right, what could I add that to? And my best way I would say of thinking about how not to waste something is visualize it. So I'm not gonna waste the cauliflower leaves because I'm gonna chop them up and stir fry them because I love a stir fry. I'm not gonna waste that apple, it's bruised, but that's okay because the fruit bowl baked, it's fine, it's getting grated in there anyway. I'm not gonna waste, uh, waste that banana or that berry, it looks a bit sad, but I can chuck it in the freezer put it in a smoothie. So I think if you can visualize it, it engages your taste buds, it makes you think I've got, a, this has got a purpose, you know? Yeah, and you make me feel so guilty by just the amount of stuff that I do check out, check out because it is bruised or it does, it does look a bit manky and it's just not cool and it's not acceptable, let's be honest. So Channel, channel that guilt, channel that guilt. And then oh Steve's God. final part of Steve's question, he said, is there any organizations? Yes. So one of the things I've been doing over lockdown to help myself, let's be honest, when we do something for someone else, we also feel good. So it's, it's not selfish, it's just the way that it works. If we can help someone, 
obviously that's the most important thing but you can't help but feel a little bit better by doing something because you feel like what you did was meaningful so over lockdown i've been supporting the felix project which is mainly london based um but they also um uh, i would also shout out uk-based food cycle uh fair share um globally for all of our friends who are tuning in from all over the world olio o-l-i-o is a food sharing app and that's neighbor to neighbor so you can even like when some people had loads of toilet roll and some people didn't people were offering it up to your neighbors um there's loads and there's things like too good to go there's karma if you ever have anything before you put it in a bit in the bin just say to yourself it's I know someone's going to use that. I know someone's going to need that. You know, the Felix Project, the, the food waste app, uh, not food waste app, sorry, food waste charity who um, uh, operate all over London, they, they always say like bellies, not bins. And they think that like, there's always someone that could do with it. And they said that demand for food has quadrupled over the last six months. Wow. So, you know, uh, feel guilty if, if that motivates you. But at the end of the day, I would just say, just do something about it before you put it in the bin, either commit to eating it, give it to someone else, like, and then, and, and then try again next week. We, it happens to the best of us. It happens yes. to the best of us. Okay, that's, that's, that's great. And hopefully Steve, that brilliantly asks your question. Steve, I've got a list here of questions coming in. So we better, we better oh, get a lovely audience. We have got a great question from Steve. Um, he's saying the cookery book market is an industry in itself. How do you differentiate your brand uh, to achieve a distinctive place? And on a second Ooh. note, he'd like to know if you could send us some sun, please. Some soap? Sun. Oh, some sun. Open door. I mean, I mean, I've got all of it. Where, where is Steve? I mean, I'm in East London. I was like, why would Steve want soap from me? How, how very strange. Um, but okay. I genuinely was thinking, do I have any spare soap? Okay, Steve, yes, here's my son for you. Um, Steve, great question. I am, fingers crossed, hopefully going to do another cookery book. I haven't told anyone yet that, so here you go. Don't tell anyone, just in case. I well, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. Fingers crossed. Let's say, let's say I'm going to start another one. And actually, you guys could really help me because what I wanted to say, um, Steve, is I... I don't really know if there's any other way to do this, but the way I write my books is to write what people want. So that's why I'm saying uh, I, I get so much from doing great talks like this with you, John. And shout out to anyone that I met in real life two years ago. Did we do it together two years ago when we did this in real life? That great band, those great canapes. I'm pretty sure we had some little fritters, didn't we? Um, I just I I get my ideas of what to do based on what you guys tell me. So whenever any of you came up to me at the end and we signed books and we had a chat and some of you whispered secrets in my ears because food is emotional and you tell me things, I channel all of that into thinking, right, I remember that lady said to me that she was really keen to know more about this. That's going in my next book. So I just try and write about what I know. And a bit earlier when I said, and I even checked myself, didn't I? I was like, I'm not the best chef. And I just checked myself and said, why did I feel I had to say that? Because, you know, it, I, I, it, it just comes out. But I decided I'm not going to write a book that's a foodie, um, a gastronomic journey, because that's not me and that's not my specialty. And there's people that can do that really well. What I can do, I think, is come up with really simple, practical ways. So if you've ever read any of my books, you know that they are bursting with information and you can pick up 
at any page and find something delicious to do, but you can also then refer back. So I always love giving things like an A to Z of leftovers in Eat Green, which is my last book, there's an A to Z. And at the back of it, you can look up pretty much, I tried to do any ingredient I could think of, and then it gives you ideas of what you can do with it to not waste. As an example, I also did a double page spread, a season's guide. Uh, going back to Steve's question, I have, I mean, I don't want to move my camera in case I cut us off, but maybe at the end when I know we're almost done, I'll show you some of my cookbooks. I couldn't find a season's guide in any of the books. What do I mean by season's guide? Well, a lot of people say to us, if we want to eat more sustainably, we should listen to farmers and we should eat what the farmers are growing. So therefore we need to know what the farmers are growing and that then builds a season's guide. Um, I can maybe even show you it in a minute. I don't want to move my computer, but um, I'm actually using my books to balance this uh, laptop. I asked four farmers, what was in season when so i did early spring late spring early summer none of them agreed because it all depends climate change isn't helping. no not climate change the climate crisis it's, it's no longer the climate change it's climate crisis that's not helping things and also it gets wet it gets dry but in the main i try to think about what i'm looking for in a book to help me how can i eat more seasonally if there's no guide and the funny thing is I would also say sometimes you've got to argue with your publishers. So this will hopefully be the fifth book with my publishers. We love each other. I mean, I love them. I think they like me because they've still got me hanging around. But we have we talk so much. There's so much collaboration, even if we're not face to face. They'll say to me, they said to me, let's cut the season's guide. Oh, you'll be able to find it. it's near the front of the book of Eat Green, John. <laughs> Uh, they, they said let's cut the season's guide we need to make more space for the things that people really want like pictures and I went well, we'll have, you'll have to find more paper I said because we need to keep the season's guide and the first week the book came out the the book reviews the reviews on my Instagram were everyone was saying they were taking pictures of this season's guide they were printing it next to the and printing it off to have next to their desk when they were doing their online orders they kept it on their phone when they went shopping and they tried so hard to eat more seasonally knowing that that was a really good way of enjoying food and our year and supporting farmers and thinking about how to keep things interesting okay so we did we have a question from kaylee uh, about where you get your inspiration from where do i get inspiration from traveling like i mentioned i went to sri lanka and now i i just want to read so much about sri lanka i've been challenging myself as a way as well i would say like one of the best ways to get other people i know john said that he's got the food responsibilities at home and sometimes it can get lonely in the kitchen if you want to include other people in your household make a meal plan get everybody in the household to say like I'd buy meal plans I don't mean like bodybuilding diet meal plans I mean like create a menu like you're a restaurant and get everyone to pick their two favorite meals and what my boyfriend and I did we said well we're not going anywhere for god knows how long let's eat around the world which I know is such a cheesy thing to say but we were like do you know what let's make a paella tonight let's make a Sri Lankan curry tonight we do taco Tuesdays we do a curry night and we pick different curries and and all wow. the chutneys and all the trimmings we we think about what country we'd love to go to like I couldn't stop making Greek salads. I mean, is anything better than a Greek salad and a glass of a glass of very cold wine? So, you know, uh, inspiration, Kaylee. I think about where I want to go, what I miss. My mum's from the Philippines, and I've really been enjoying getting to know her culture because I've only been to the Philippines twice by discovering lots about tamarind and shrimp paste and coconut and lots um, and and constantly getting inspired by other people. And I think moving forward. I really, really, really want to understand and get to know cuisines that I've maybe never even eaten. 
you know like there's hundreds of of types of cuisine that i've never even touched yet and i'm excited about that awesome great question from kaylee there so thanks kaylee let's take another one steve and i've got oh, i've got a i've got one i'm desperate to ask as well uh, no no problem at all so we've got a question from andrew and he's asking uh, his big his busy sorry his biggest obstacle as regards to cooking and food preparation is the time taken to prepare anything experts seem to prepare things uh, so quickly chop cook etc so how can amateurs like like him um be more uh, more prepared uh, can more prepare food more quicker because uh, mm. time is a scarce commodity oh it is it truly is and um I think people think that because I cook for a living that I've got loads of time to cook for myself. And that's just not true. I mean, I could be cooking for clients and then cooking for columns. And I've got to still feed myself. In a nutshell, Andrew, I would say, um, I feel I can answer this question quite well, but I don't have much time. I wrote a whole book about 30 minute meals. And in that, I'll give you some of the tips from that. Not only were my recipes for 30 minutes and a realistic 30 minutes, I got all my friends that hate cooking to recipe test them. So that's my 30 minute recipe. So first of all, I would say um, it's really great now. Chefs and cookery writers all around the world are desperate for you to try their 30 minute recipe. So it's very easy to Google 30 minute recipes now, which is really good. Um, but but I would say this in order to make it not a stress, stressful 30 minutes, because who wants to then eat in 30 minutes after being rushed around and who wants to have loads of washing up? Some of my tips include uh, starting this way. Think about uh, what you keep near your cooker. So I have like one frying pan and one pan pan. By one pan pan, I mean a saucepan. I make sure they're near me or easy to get to. Every time I wash them up, I put them straight back on the hob, to be honest, so they're right there to go. I make sure I've always got a roasting tray ready to go. I have one knife, one chopping board, one spatula. Um, we all know this, that the more stuff we have, the more we are just simply moving things around without yes. getting to it. So I would say the first thing is make your kitchen more kitcheny. I know that lots of us are working on our kitchen worktops. We're, we're working wherever we can. Make sure your kitchen is a place you wanna be. That in itself will enable you to stop having fuss. Make sure you've got your equipment ready. Keep what I call your chef's cheats and your flavor boosters nearby. So don't overcrowd your workspace. Make sure you've got your salt, your pepper, your olive oil, your tamari, whatever you most use nearby. So it's like having a little edit then the meal plan is great because it helps you understand what needs using up first, which means you're not rooting around looking for inspiration. The meal plan will also help you cut back. And then, Andrew, I think you mentioned a couple of things where you feel slowed down, like chopping. Consider getting, I mean, that's a funny word, but a mini chopper. A mini chopper, uh, the mini food processors, um, they're branded as mini choppers. I've got a kitchen food processor, and it actually has a bit that you can do smaller things in so you don't have to waste time in the big bit and use that. So if you don't like chopping an onion and that takes you 10 minutes, fair enough, um, use your mini chopper. But at the same time, um, uh, use, I feel like the, the food landscape is so different from 10 years ago. There is amazing quality pastes, spice mixes with no nasties, by which I mean no nasties, like, you can see what every ingredient is and you know that they're good. Whereas back in the day, it used to be you were you were you were kind of compromising on people throwing loads of sugar and salt in where it didn't need to be. So um, get yourself, you know, three flavor boosters that will make life easier. Maybe get a kitchen chopper. The other thing to remind yourself is a, a box standard grater is so helpful. I use my grater for chopping everything. You can grate onions, you know. 
you don't have to get the knife out if that's what slows you down and also when you're googling 30 minute meals rem remember to look for one pan too so not to plug myself again but i think it's really important like i say don't just go for 30 minute recipes that are going to leave you with washing up for like you know four days and also Absolutely. think about building block meals as well and batch cooking because that will save you time you just basically get your money back and your time back by saving less money and waste i could go on about that but i think that's a really good point because even those of us that love to cook we don't have more than 30 minutes to get on with it okay melissa i've got a, a question that's unfood related if i may but at the same time i think it's really important for the times that we live in at the moment and that is digital online brand and mm. Now, in a time when content has become more important and people's first impressions obviously is no longer from that face-to-face -face physical interaction anymore it's very mm -hmm. much about things that they see online now you know you've got a pretty formidable personal brand you know if i was to go on instagram i doubt i'd even be able to get 10 followers let alone thousands hundreds of thousands like you have what what, what are some of the what are some of your tips and techniques of how you can really start to build that personal brand, especially digitally, which is so important in the, the times that we find ourselves living in? Yes, um, that's a good question because I sort of have a love-hate relationship with social media in that I find it very draining, not, not other people draining me, but I find that it can really, I mean, I'm stating the obvious, it can suck you in, it's very addictive. So one of the things I try to do is, um, I set myself timings on how much time I'm going to spend. I, I mean, I don't need to think I act like a robot, but I am quite specific. Like this is the amount of time I'll spend cooking because I try to be efficient in the kitchen. This is the amount of time I'll spend on my social media. Uh, this is the amount of time I spend on my email inbox. So when it comes to social media, for anyone that is um, thinking about social media or even your website or newsletters, a couple of industry experts have told me to really think about your newsletter and your uh, email community again. I feel like it's slightly tailed off the amount of focus people put. I'm trying to spend loads more time on my newsletter. I really enjoy it more because you can go into depth with things. Um, so I would say if we're thinking about social media specifically, I would say obviously the image is what's going to catch people's eye in that first line of text. So I, I know that if I put a picture up of myself doing something, it tends to, this is what the stats say, get more, gets more engagement than if I just put it by itself, which makes sense because it's personable. So, you yeah. know, I look at that and sometimes I don't really fancy being in a picture and sometimes I don't want to take a selfie, but I know that that's a way to get my message across. And if I'm doing something with a charity, for example, there's that balance between, I want as many people as possible to see the picture, to, to, to read this, I'm gonna have to put myself in, which feels like I'm centering myself and making it about me. But the flip yeah. side is, if I can get more people to read about the charity and donate, then that's good enough for me. So cool. I, I know that making it personal is important. I know that making it colorful is important. So the right lighting, I mean, I've got a bit too much lighting right now, but the right lighting is important. Um, you don't need to have a fancy picture, uh, a fancy camera. I just got my normal camera. Remember to always uh, clean your lens. I feel like this is quite basic stuff and not exactly what you asked this moment, but I think all these basic um, housekeeping things of making your social media a pleasurable place you want to be, a bit like I said, make your kitchen a place you want to be. Make social media fun for yourself. I think your bio is super important. 
I often change my bio depending on what's important. Like it's zero waste week at the moment. So I'm talking lots about sustainability this week. It's fair trade fortnight soon. I'm a fair trade ambassador. So I'm going to be talking about women farmers and how most farmers are women, but most business owners as farmers aren't women. Um, there's always something to talk about. I think um, analyzing yourself is very, very important. So I look at it often and I say to myself, um, am I making this? Um, it, uh, while I think it's important to be personal and tell my story, if I don't offer anything back up, then maybe it's not very engaging. So maybe someone might like it, but they don't take much from it. And as you know, John, we like to talk, but people have very limited <laughs> capacity to absorb information. So I try and do summaries at the top and then for further reading, I carry on and then I put links in my bio to carry on. But in terms yeah. of building, like I think another thing is, the amount of followers you have is so unimportant if they're not engaging with you. So, um, you know, say I've got 150,000 on Instagram. If I don't engage with people or I don't give engaging content, they're just numbers. So maybe that's attractive to say if someone wanted to do a job with me and I wanted to do a job with them, let's say it was a mutual benefit. They might like those numbers but what i'd be most keen to say to them is say to them let me tell you what i know my followers want so they might have ideas to go oh right. we want you to do this 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 and this and i'll say would well, you know what if we do a video the video has got to be less than 45 seconds because i know my followers won't watch anymore or let's do a competition because that will get them really excited and i like to give things away or um you know, so I, I I spend time understanding what people want. A bit like I said before, Kay, uh, Kay, was it Kaylee's question and, and Steve's question? I ask people all the time what they want more of. So right now, uh, people want to think about soups. They want to think about laptop-free lunches. They want to think about affordable things to stock up on. People are interested in clearing out their freezers. And then I therefore make my content about that. And then I, I get tons of DMs. And even though sometimes I'm like, I don't have time to read them all, I will read them all and I make sure I reply because people are telling me what they want. And what is the point of me existing on a public place if I also don't respond? And I also, um, yes, I'm going on, but yeah, feedback. It's all about the feedback. What do people want and what do I wanna give? But I think that's also important is understanding if I ever find myself not enjoying social media, I switch, I switch off for a bit. Interesting, right? That was, that was that was a great answer. Thanks for that. That's brilliant. Right, Steve. More questions are coming in. Yes, absolutely. And uh, talking about feedback um, from Steve, he has said, "Brilliant. The sun has just arrived, but no soap." Um, so I have a question here from Mel. It's a great question. How do you think businesses could encourage their team members to eat healthily, especially now we're working more remotely? Have you worked with any businesses that do this? Great question. Wow. Yes. Yes. Well, I would. Well, like you lovely people having me on, you know, we've we've got loads of ideas of things we want to do together, including, are we allowed to say, you know, like I think things like cook along videos would be such a fun thing to do. Um, you know, great for team bonding. I do quite a lot of um I auction myself up oh, ah, can't speak. I auction myself off a lot. Uh, during the year because a lot of corporate people sort of buy a day with me and you come to my house and you know we're gonna have to sort of work it out at the moment because we can't quite do that in this current climate but 
uh, it's a great team bonding way to do it but i have been doing them online as well um and again what we do is we ask people what are the meals i think uh andrew said one of his obstacles is timing so i work out what people want to know more about do you want to know more about great healthy snacks or feel good snacks because we don't like the word healthy so much or is it batch cooking that you're nervous about or do you want to eat less meat and really want to spend your money on good quality meat but eat less so I ask people these and I do cooking classes. So I would, if I was running a company, I would um, invest in some cooking videos. I would maybe get everybody, kick everybody off with their first week's worth of a veg box um, and buy everyone a great veg box. That doesn't need to cost very much and get it sent to everyone's houses, see how they go. Maybe they'll then want to carry on with the veg box. I'd maybe do some competitions um, about uh, cooking together. I would encourage people. I would maybe, I know companies that do this and I've chatted with them. I would maybe make everybody's emails turn off between 12.30 and 1.30 and no, one's, no one can do anything. So people have half an hour to cook and half an hour to eat. Um, maybe put a wash on if you're feeling adventurous. I love, I love, I love putting a wash on while I'm waiting for something to cook. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I I could go on, but I think encouraging people to make meal times important, not letting people send emails between seven and like seven on not seven and like get off emails, make make your dinner lovely. I think what stops people from cooking is time, which we've talked about, budget, help find resources. If you go onto my website, I over lockdown put together something called I think I called it online deliveries from farmers direct to you. One silver lining of lockdown is loads of farmers. People help them set up websites, deliveries. You can buy direct. So budget, timing, um, and inspiration. Inspiration. You know, go on my website, get loads of free recipes. Maybe share a book with your friend. Go get a book from a library. Yeah, I promise you. I promise you. There are, and I think this is the other thing. This intimidation that everything has to look really gorgeous or that you need to know tons of recipes. I think if you can work out like your eight, seven, eight favorite recipes and work on enjoying the process of cooking them, you'll really enjoy cooking more. You just need one success. And then you're like, oh, okay, great. That was such a quick lunch. I'm gonna make that every Monday now because that makes me feel really good for the beginning of the week every Monday. Yes, done. Nice. Okay, Steve, I can see the still flashing going on. I did the questions happen. <laughs> I know time is precious, but I definitely wanted to get this last question in. Tim okay, like what is it? Tim? Well, Tim would like to know, what would be your desert island dish? The one dish that you oh, have to eat hey, every day for the rest of your life. I kind of hate that question, Tim. That's very tough. <laughs> oh, it is difficult, isn't it? That is really tough. Um, well. It would have to incorporate ginger because I love ginger. I've grown up on ginger. My mom's from the Philippines, I think I mentioned. I think ginger is so fantastic. And I think if you can't be bothered thinking about our friend, was it Andrew and chopping? Even when you don't want to chop an onion or, or, or garlic, you could get a grater out and some ginger and grate it fresh. So I would maybe, because we're in this funny thing where the sun is out, but it is cold, I'm gonna go for something brothy. I love soups. I would say like to tell you when I cooked for Take That and James Corden, they basically, I made them soup all the time. And I don't mean like, I don't mean boring soup. I mean hearty big noodle soups, 
you know, big, chunky veg, chowders, curries. I, when I say soup, I mean anything in a bowl. So I love bowl food. So I would say, Tim, a gorgeous, gingery, brothy, really garlic. I do love garlic. If, if I can have put garlic and ginger in soup, I don't care whether it's got noodles or rice or quinoa in it, something to soak it all up. And then I'm going to go for like loads of spinach and greens thrown in. And then, hmm, do you know what mushrooms are coming to season? So maybe like some mushrooms in there, some wild mushrooms. Basically, didn't answer that very well, but something brothy, bit of chili in there, brothy, gingery, garlicky, noodly, mushroomy, and I could just slurp it and it would be a massive bowl and maybe some spring onions on at the top or chives. Oh, yeah. That's a treat. Oh, <laughs> See, that's it's too difficult. It's too difficult. <laughs> but you know what, Tim? My pudding-wise, what I would make and what I wanted to make with you guys is the tahini nut butter choc chip cookies. Um, I think they're on my website. Uh, if not, they're in Eat Green and they are the cookie. They were they were like lockdown cookies for everyone because people couldn't get eggs and flour and you can make them vegan. They're lovely. So I would say them for pudding. Oh, that's wicked. Now, we've got two minutes to go. And I... Have we? We've got to, we've got, we've, that's just gone up for a minute. And in literally seconds, literally seconds, Melissa, you appeared, yeah. you've had your own show on Channel 4. I've seen you re regularly on uh, Saturday Kitchen. And right at the beginning, you said something which blew my mind, which is, you know, you still get nervous, even if it's just something, something like this on a much lower scale. What are some of your very quick tips in just terms of, because we're going to be doing, we do a lot of stuff on Zoom and, and, and Teams and so many different platforms at the moment. What are some of your tips for being able to come across really good on screen? Well, well I, hope, I hope I've come across okay today. Um, what are my tips? Okay, so what I do is, is um, I, I, I make sure I sort of rehearse it in my head. So what are the things that I need? I sort of pr play it forward in my head. I like to do it the night before because I'm, I get quite anxious. I feel like my, my evening gremlins come at me uh, about midnight. So I, if I've run through the process in my head, uh, I do that the night before. Then a bit like how I said, make your kitchen a place you want to be, make social media a place you want to be. I set myself up. So I've got my nice things around me. I've got my little like essential oil. I've got my nice drink that I like. I'm wearing the dress that I feel lovely in. That makes me feel like comfy, but colorful. It boosts me. I did a bit of exercise when we got, when we started this, I was sweating because I said to myself, oh God, have I got enough time to exercise? But if I exercise, it will release some tension and I'll feel really good. So I made that a priority. I made sure I had a nice lunch. I had a nice drink of water. I made sure I got sunshine this morning. I mean, I don't want you to think that always happens because life happens, shit happens. Am I allowed to swear? Sorry. So I do have a checklist of things that in a dream ideal world scenario, I could do. Um, but you know, what I also do, I reward myself. So I'm a bit like a kid. I treat myself like I'm a kid. I always make sure that if I do something, this is just as important as doing, you know, Saturday Kitchen, Channel 4. I, this is important. It's you're giving me your time for an hour and I want to make sure that you have a good time. So I make sure that I put loads of effort into it by mentally getting myself ready and then reward myself at the end of it. Where is the sun? It's everywhere. 
you know, I'm going to make sure I have a really nice dinner and a big walk tonight and a, and a bath, hopefully. And and that then um, settles my nervous system, because after you do this, you know this, John and Steve know this, my adrenaline is going crazy. You know, like I've, I've had a really good time. Have you, you know, did they have a good time? And so I think a, a debrief at the end is always important as well. But most of all, I, I, I like to put quotes on my fridge. Uh, and things on I'm I say to things to myself like you know I still things I've I've said someone said or I've I've got off Instagram I do things like you know I write things I, I can't think of anything catchy right now but I do things like you know if you're not going to enjoy it don't bother or why are you doing it so you know I I I know that's not always feasible we have to pay the bills sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do this is obviously is not one of them but I try to always sandwich really good things around things I don't want to do. And when I do want to do something, but I'm nervous, again, I sandwich it. Lovely things before, lovely things after. Brilliant. Melissa, it has been so awesome to talk to you. I would urge everybody to go out and get those books. Melissa, you are amazing. It's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you so oh, it's much. It's been lovely. On the hub and just so much, you know, best of luck with everything you're doing. And just can't wait to keep on reading and hearing about all the great things that you keep on doing. Okay, thanks, so John. Thanks, Steve. Our next podcast will be out next month. So do subscribe because we'd absolutely hate you to miss out. And also, please don't forget to leave a review just so we can get your thoughts and your feedback to make sure that we're always creating content that is really tailored to what you guys want. So all that is left for me to say is thanks again for supporting us. We really appreciate it.